Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Isn't that an incredible story? What the enemy had intended for harm, God turned around and it's now a story of hope. And because of that story, so many people can pray and think through ways that they can be a yes to someone. And so my encouragement to you and something that me and my husband are on a journey on right now, praying about what that looks like with foster care and adoption, not sure how soon or when, but we've begun the process. And and maybe you're sitting in here, you're like, that's not for me. Well, I'll just have an invitation for you. Just pray about it. You don't have to be married. You don't have to own a home, but just pray about it and just say, God, is that for me? Um, First time I met with Darren, he's one of our leaders here. And obviously Ariel was leading worship here tonight. The first time I invited them to come and meet with me in my office and he shared his story, I sobbed quite a lot. And then the second time was when we were interviewing them for this video and we sobbed. And, um, and it's just interesting to me because the power of someone's yes is the power to change someone's life. When God says that we're the hands and feet, he wasn't kidding. Because if people can see the love of Jesus through us, that means we have the power to change the world just with a simple yes. But anyway, that's not what I'm speaking about tonight. It's incredible to see you all here on a Tuesday night post-COVID. Well, COVID's still around, I guess, but not here, not in this place, (laughs) right? Hello online, hello wherever else you are in the building tonight. You know what I love about Resilient Woman? All three services get to come together as one woman. We don't always get to see each other every service, but it's great to have you all here tonight. Would you stand with me? For I pray. The word on my heart tonight, it's on the screen. It's time to turn the page. It's time to turn the page. And I'm probably gonna say a lot of things tonight. I have 32 minutes and 48 seconds on the clock. And if anything from tonight I want you to capture is that it's time to turn the page. You can forget everything I say tonight, but go to bed tonight and you say to the Lord, Lord, what does this mean for me to turn the page? I'm gonna read a passage of scripture, then we're gonna pray and we're gonna get into it. Joshua chapter one, verse nine, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Hear that again, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I wanna tell you that the purpose of tonight, I felt my job here tonight was to pour courage into you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit to come alongside of you, to come alongside of the journey that we're all here. We all have different journeys. Some are married, some are single, some are parents, some are not. I don't know all your stories. I know you're all gorgeous, by the way. You look amazing tonight. But I felt like my job, I felt very clearly, and it was frustrating because I couldn't get that phrase out of my mind, but it was almost like I was wrestling in my spirit for the word for tonight. I felt like Jacob wrestling God, like, God, what is this word you have? And I believe, ladies, we are on the precipice of something huge, something new. We can no longer bring old wineskins with us. We need new wineskins for what's about to happen. Something new, something fresh, something powerful. And it is time to turn the page, but it will require courage. It will require courage. Father, I don't even feel like I deserve, Father, to stand here in front of your daughters, I'm in 
awe of the weight here tonight. Lord, more than anything, I ask that my notes, my agenda, even whatever, my seeking, that I would just move out of the way. And Holy Spirit, more than anything, I ask you to come even now. Would you rip open the, the, the roof and may your power, may your presence, may your anointing, may your word, may your touch, may your healing. Lord, may your revelation just come down on your daughters. Lord, that even as I speak, they may not even hear my words, but Holy Spirit, that you would reveal your purpose, your plans and your power to each daughter here tonight that there would be healing even in the midst of the preaching of your word. Lord, that there would be freedom, Lord, at the preaching of your word tonight, that as we preach your name, as we preach your power and your purpose, that chains would be loosed in Jesus' name for your honor and for your glory. We ask you that you would put courage in, Lord, that you would pour courage on your daughter's thinking, on their living, Lord, on their confession, on their declaration, God. And we commit this time to you. Have your way get all the glory in your name we pray amen all right you can have a seat I just thought about this before I got up to speak a few minutes ago have you ever been in a book and you catch yourself rereading the same page for like an hour and you're like wait I'm still on page seven you know, like, or you read the same sentence over and over again because you're thinking about the dirty dishes or you're thinking about that guy you got a crush on who didn't text you back, you know what I'm saying? And so you're like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck on the same page for like, I don't know how long. And then the best part is when you're stuck on the same page for like a week, you're like, I'm gonna go get my devotional. And you open it like, why am I still on page seven? I thought I'd been on this page for an entire week. I don't know about you, but that happens to me quite often. But tonight, I want to tell you it's time to turn the page that you've been stuck on for a while. It will require courage. Courage is the choice and the willingness to confront agony, to confront pain and danger, uncertainty, which we don't like, especially women. We like to be in control. Or intimidation. It's bravery. And courage will be required to turn the page of our life. Something new is being required of us tonight, ladies. Something new, I'm telling you, everything that has happened in our world over the last 18 months, we cannot just let it pass us by. We are part of the, ar the army of the Almighty King of Kings, and we can't just allow and sit in indifference and watch things just happen and just accept the new normal. I refuse. What does that mean for us as daughters of the living King? What does that mean for us? It means that there will be a new courage that needs to be poured into us so that we can stand up when it's necessary. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says this, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And this is God speaking. This is not mainstream media saying the new normal to guise us in fear and, and to put us in this place where we can't move. No, the new normal I'm talking about is not fear-based. It is faith-based. It is advancing. It is taking ground. Something new is here. It will be a new normal. It will be the women of God and men of God taking ground and advancing for the things of God. We need courage to turn the page because if it were easy, we would all be advancing. We would all be growing. None of us would be stuck on the hamster wheel of life, feeling like it's Groundhog Day all over again. Anyone watch? Is that an old movie? I know. I'm sure if you're like 25 and under, you have no idea what I'm talking about. 25 and under, raise your hand if you know Groundhog Day, the movie. All right. Carol, you don't count. You know everything. Christy, you know everything too. All right. There's a few hands. There's like six hands in here that know. Okay. Way to go. I feel good now. <laughs> It will take courage to move out of your comfort zone, ladies. 
It will take courage to see there is a whole plot of land that is yours to plow instead of the little area that you keep replowing. I kept seeing a vision and it started last Sunday. I was praying for some people on our dream teams. They came up and were encouraging people. And all week long, I feel like the Lord was showing me that many of us have this big field that has been entrusted to us, but yet we keep plowing this little square in the corner because we can't see there's more for us to take. We're stuck here like, oh, this is my, okay, 24 hours, 24, and we're here and we're here and God is saying, look up and look to the side. There is more for you to, to till the land. There is more for you to plow. There is more. Lift up your expectation. Believe God for more. There is more inside of you. If you are 99.999 years old, there is more for you. There's more for your family. There is more for this church. There is more for resilient women. And I'm not even talking about doing more. Some of you are like, but I already do so much, Pastor Miriam. I'm trying to like get things off my plate. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being all he's called you to be, nothing more and nothing less. You don't have to do more to fulfill the purpose of God. You have to know who you are to fulfill the purpose of God, to stand when he tells you to stand, to run when he tells you to run, and to declare when it's time to declare. It will take courage for you to turn the page on insecurity and fear. It will take courage for you to turn the page and stop rehashing what has happened to you. The things that were unfair, the betrayal, the, the hurt, the, the things that you didn't deserve. Yes, grieve. Yes, mourn. But take the time you need. But daughter, I want to tell you, hear me now. As soon as you can hear this and get this in your spirit, turn the page because I'm afraid you're going to miss out on the something new, on the something powerful because you're stuck on that page of resentment and bitterness and it costs you. You're still giving that person too much authority over your heart and soul. It will take courage to turn the page on passive faith. We need courage because we are living in days of confusion and God is not the author of confusion. We are living in days of division. We are living in days where culture says everything contrary to what the word of God says. You see, culture says live for yourself, but the word of God says to live is Christ and to die is gain. Second Corinthians 5.15 says he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Culture says, do whatever makes you happy. The word says, carry your cross. Surrender your will to his. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. Culture says, do whatever feels right to you. But the word says in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a person, to a man, but its end is the way to death. Culture says anything goes. Whatever you want with your identity, whatever you, identity with, you identify with, the word of God says your identity is in Christ. That is what you identify with. Daughter of the king, highly favored, anointed, the apple of his eye, the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Your identity is in Christ, not in what you feel today because tomorrow you might feel like something different. I don't trust my feelings to tell me what I identify with. I'm always like all over the place. What? I'm in such a good, I want pizza today. Actually, no, I want Italian. Well, that is Italian, hold on. I want Japanese. <laughs> you know, always changing my mind. Culture says purity is a sham and modesty is a sham. Oh, <laughs> but the word calls us unto holiness. I know it's not a sexy word. I know it's an old fashioned word, but maybe that's what we need a little bit back of. Some holiness, some holiness in our bones. First Thessalonians 4, chapter 3 through 5 says, God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Oh, this is old fashioned, Pastor Miriam. Good. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Can I divert this message for a quick second and tell you and ask you and plea with you, be careful who, you, who mentors you. 
Be careful who coaches you. Be careful with life coaches that will lead you astray, who are trying to teach you everything about you and make you God, that yourself is God. Who are you letting lead your thinking? Be careful with people who are leading you further from God. If you have a mentor that is all about satisfying the God of self, get the heck out. And if there are people who know the word of God and are leading you astray, the Bible tells you there is great judgment for them. Be careful with people who are gathering disciples unto themselves instead of disciples unto Christ. We're living in days of apostasy. What is that? It's people renouncing their faith because it doesn't suit them and their truth any longer. All of this is prophesied in the Bible. This has been rocking me. This has been rocking me this past month. Every week I'm reading someone and hearing about something and people leaving their faith. I'm like, are you, have you not encountered the power of God? Have you not experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit? What church are you going to that you haven't tapped into the power of God? Have you not seen miracles? Have you not tasted and seen that he is good? But the word of God has prophesied that in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. It should not rattle us, but unfortunately it does. It breaks my heart when I see people leaving the faith pastors leaving the faith. What are you doing? I would miss Jesus too much. I would miss his presence too much. He's operated in my life. I am a living miracle of his healing time and time again. I can't live without him. How do you abandon Jesus? It takes courage to live for Christ for real, for real. I don't want the kind of cool church that you come, you hear some cool songs, cool, whatever, and then you leave the same way and you go live this world like the world. No, we're called to be set apart. Not that we're better, but we're set apart. We're to be Jesus to people so that they can come, receive freedom and hope and experience the presence, the power and the life that is found in Christ. We're not to be like them. We're to love them and bring them to Christ requires courage to live for Christ for real. It requires courage to silence the enemy when he's bombarding you with lies. It's time to turn the page as we saw in Darren's story. The journey, the good, the bad, the painful pages of foster care. And there had to be a resolve in Darren that he would not be a statistic. That he would live with the identity of a chosen child, not a abandoned child. He had to choose, I am chosen, I was chosen. Someone who's not even my blood chose me. Instead of I was abandoned, I was rejected. And too many of us, and I understand sometimes our journey is painful, it is hard. But I want to tell you, if Darren could get out of the pit and change the label that was attached to him, you can get out of the pit and change the label that is attached on you. You can walk out. You can be victorious. You can say the heck with you, Satan, and your labels. I am victorious through the blood of the lamb. There had to be a resolve in Darren that he would not be a statistic. And let me tell you, his resolve to not be a statistic required courage, courage to forgive, courage to trust again. What if he thought he could never trust a woman because of what his mom did? And now he's married to Ariel. Where are you? There you are. And he has two kids. He had to have the courage to defy the odds, to change the label, to no longer see himself rejected and as a victim. He had to turn the page from one reality to a new reality. Both realities though. Here's the thing. Sometimes we think turning the page means the other reality never happened. We're not disqualifying what has happened. We're just saying it can no longer have you. That's the difference. I'm sure for Darren, it would have been easier to not trust, to not forgive, to stay bitter, to stay afraid of who else would leave him. It was probably easier for his father to not adopt him, to not give this boy a chance. But for so many of us, we get stuck reliving the same page for years because we believe the lie that it's too hard or it's just okay to live in this little space. I mean, I think about it sometimes, 6 a.m. when my best friend texts me, ready to go work out. I'm like, it's too hard. 
but okay. Today she didn't want to go, but we went anyway. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard and we think, Ah, oh, I can't. It's too hard to stop thinking that way. It's too hard to turn the page. It's too hard to think differently. It's too hard to speak differently. It's too hard to let go of that relationship. It's too hard to let go of that confession. It's too hard to let go of the sentence I've sentenced myself with. Wow, that hit hard, I guess. Ooh, girls, you are the best sound effects ever. I think Anthony really wishes he could preach to you guys because he would have so much more fun. <laughs> anyway, turning the page requires courage because there's a blank canvas and because it looks different and it's not familiar, it can feel heavy and hard. But ladies, I wanna tell you, it is time to move. It is time to get excited. It is time to change it up. It is time for adventure. Stop looking at the turning of the page as too hard. Stop looking at, but I've done this my whole life. This is my family tradition. This is how I was raised. This is my personality. Stop saying that and start declaring, it's gonna be amazing. How exciting, a great adventure. Ooh, I can't wait. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Courage in. Courage in. I declare courage in over your thinking and your soul and your mind in Jesus' name. It's time to keep moving towards the promised land and not stay bound in the land of the safe. Oh, I hate that word. And familiar. I heard it so much in the last 18 months that I'm like, Ugh! Now I just want to like go cliff diving and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I don't want to hear that word again. Let's think, take a look at the Bible. I think about Moses and the book of Exodus and the turning of the page for him. Moses was chosen by God to deliver the Israelites. The Israelites were stuck for generations, 430 years in Egypt, a land that was not theirs. They became slaves there. They were oppressed by the Egyptians and God had called um, Moses to go deliver his people. But the problem is Moses was a prince in Egypt. And when he realized he was also a Hebrew, an Israelite, and he saw an Egyptian mess with one of his people, he actually killed them. And when they realized Moses was the one that killed him. He fled. So for 40 years, Moses fled. He was basically a wanted man in Egypt. But when God called him at the burning bush, Moses had to have the courage to face his past before he could turn the page. He had to have the courage to face his past before he could turn the page. He also had to have the courage despite his insecurities. If you read Exodus chapter two and three, he lists out all the different reasons why he's not qualified to go be the deliverer for the Israelites. I can't talk. There's someone better than me. You know, I did this. I mean, anyone else sound familiar? When I saw the registrations for tonight, I was like, I'm not worthy. I can't talk. I'm not called for this. Why, why, why am I here, God? What's wrong with no? You know? And I was like, why do I sound like Moses? Stop it. He had to have courage despite his insecurities. In other words, he had to do it afraid. He had to stop being reluctant about being used by God unwilling. I don't want to be used by God. It doesn't mean you have to have a microphone and come on a platform. You can be used by God in your family. You can be used by God in your workstation. You can be used by God in traffic. I'll tell you the funniest story. I think I already told this story. It's actually not the funniest story, but it's a funny story. Anyway, not so long ago, maybe a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, who knows? I have three kids. I don't remember anything. I was driving around here somewhere and I was having one of those days. You know, you're just like thinking. And you're thinking, and you're kind of like heavy. You're thinking about leadership and people, and you're like, ooh, people. You love them, but you want to like, ooh, sometimes, you know, with the love of Jesus, of course. I mean, come on. And I'm driving along, and I stop at a red light, and I look to the side, and there was this amazing woman, and she, she had to be a Christian. I mean, she was like, yeah, and she was like praising, and I'm looking at her, I'm like, yeah, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna join her, and she's looking at me, and she's like, hi, I'm like, what's up? We became like sisters right there, but she lifted my spirit in traffic. <laughs> Sometimes we over-spiritualize what God's calling us to do, 
Sometimes we think we're reluctant because you think it's going to require um, more time away from your family, or maybe it's going to require um, things that maybe, I don't know, you think you're not qualified for, but I want to tell you, you don't need to be, because if he's called you, he'll make sure it comes to you. But do prepare. Don't just sit there. I'm called. I'm going to sit and wait. No, prepare. Study. Go to Bible college. Do your different stuff. Do your part. But he will empower you. He will anoint you. He will put you where you need to be. But prepare yourself. He mustered up as many excuses as he could because he didn't want to be the guy. I don't know about you. Sometimes I don't want to be the girl. I'm like, I don't want to have to pay the price, God. I don't want to have to get up and pray for people, God. I don't want to have to do this, God. And, and he's like, you get to Miriam. I'm calling you Miriam. I'm calling these 500 women Miriam because there's an army and we have to go and we have to take ground because there's a world who needs to know there is a miracle working God who delivers, who sets free, who gives people second chances, who forgives the unforgivable. This is the God we serve and we have that message and he's telling us and empowering us to go out and share it and be the light and be hope be somebody's yes I think about the Israelites we talked about Moses but I thought for a moment about them and the courage they had to leave the lands of the familiar you would think wouldn't they want to leave a place where they were oppressed wouldn't they want to leave a place where they were in slavery I'm sorry they were Slaves, I'm like, gotta drink some water. Tell the person next to you, she needs some water. She can't even talk. You're like Moses, for real. <laughs> they had to have courage to leave the lands of the familiar. They left and walked out of Egypt and went through the wilderness. And sometimes we judge the Israelites because we're like, well, they left Egypt where they were oppressed and they were slaves. And why would they complain? Because have you been into the wilderness? <laughs> what is out there? Like, I mean, I don't even like to go camping because I don't know, like, if there's a grasshopper next to my, like, tent or something. <laughs> or frogs for Elena, you know? Those of you who know, know. <laughs> the wilderness is scary. It's the unknown. And many of them were saying, Moses, we'd rather go back to Egypt because at least we know what to expect there and too many people are stuck on the same page because it's familiar and they know what to expect they stay in abusive situations they stay in in, in abusive patterns in their health and all these different things because they know what to expect and to change it up is hard and they tell themselves it's too hard that's right they had to walk through the unknown, even though God promised manna, they had to trust it would be there. Number two, they had to also have courage to trust the leader God sent them. That is hard. Leaders let us down. And the problem is sometimes we look at leadership as our heroes, as our gods, or, or whatever, like, wow, their, their thing or their ministry saved me. And that's amazing to have honor. But remember, the Lord is Jesus. Your leader is there to cast vision and to lead you from one place to another. But be careful with disappointment because I've seen people be disappointed by leaders and they leave the house of God because they think it's connected to God and it's not. That's humanity. God is God. God had freedom for his people. He had a story to write for his people. He had more faithfulness, more goodness to bestow on his people. And if they would not have stepped out in courage, they would not have experienced and seen the miracles, the provision, and the faithfulness. Every time that Anthony and I step out in faith and do something in the unknown and turn the page of something in our lives, we have to step in faith knowing that God's going to have to provide or else we're in trouble. And every time we get to witness the power, the glory, and the miracle working power of our God and his faithfulness. If you don't step out, will you see and experience the miracles of God? Fast forward about 40 years and Moses dies. His assistant Joshua is now commissioned by God to lead the people of Israel to their promised land. Joshua had been sitting on a good page. 
You know those pages that are so good you read over and over again though? Not because you're being distracted, but because it's actually really good. This is Joshua's page. He is Moses, the greatest leader of that time. His, His assistant, his PA, go get me water. Okay, here you go. And all of a sudden, his leader dies. And God says, uh, yo, Joshua, you're up. <laughs> and it must have been pretty scary because God told him three times in Joshua 1, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Caitlin, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Joshua had to have courage to turn the page on a good thing to allow God to write the next thing. Sometimes we hold on to good things, but God wants you to hold on to a God thing. Maybe you're in a good relationship, but the Holy Spirit's been prodding you and saying, hey, that's not a God thing. It's not a bad thing, but is it a God thing? Maybe it's a good thing, but is it a great thing? Joshua had to have courage to turn the page on a good thing to allow God to write the next thing. Joshua had to have courage to take that next step of leadership. He had to take all the preparation that he learned, the successes and the failures that he himself went through and his own leader, and he had to get up and get going. That page you might have been on right now might be a great page. It may have served you well for the last decade, the last couple of years, but maybe God is telling you to put some courage on so you can turn the page and take more ground. You may not want to take more ground. My, my mentors, men and women of God, have been encouraging me and stretching me with this. And those closest to me know my struggle. I'm like, Lord, I, I see what they do to churches that are growing. They like crucify them and they criticize them and they tear them apart. I'm not sure I want to sign up for that. I'm just being real and raw. Oh, and the pastor thinks that way? Heck yeah. I have a flesh too. It's not my Lord, but it sure comes up sometimes. And I was, Lord, are you sure you're calling me? I'm, I'm just a Portuguese girl that was born in Newark and lived in New Jersey my whole life. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> Literally, I'm like, why would you make me do this, God? <laughs> and I had to ask myself, why not take more ground? Why not believe for more? Why not empower a company of women so that they could be more for their families? Why not empower a company of women so that they could believe for their spouses, for their sons, for people who are sick? If we won't go, who will go for us? If we won't stand up, if we won't turn the page, then who will go for us? The world with their agenda and their philosophy and their empty words? Heck no. That's destroying people. Again, I'm not talking about doing more. I'm talking about going from strength to strength. I'm talking about refusing to leave this earth without accomplishing the Father's will for your life. There is more for me to do. If there is, then I wanna do it. For some of you, you've lived in a place of fear over the last year and a half because of COVID, and I understand, it's brutal. It's tragic, so much, so much, so much stuff that has happened, and it's easier to stay in that place because it's now familiar. I wanna tell you, turn the page turn the page. It's now time to turn the page of fear into now a new page of faith. For some of us, yeah, come on. For some of us, we've lived in a place of apathy during COVID. Got used to things being a certain way, maybe not working and loving that and I get it, you know, and all that stuff. And I just want to tell you, don't stay there. Don't stay there. Turn the page. Turn the page of your good intentions. Oh yeah, I want to come back. I want to grow. I want to forgive. I I, I don't want to stay stuck. I want to take ground. I want to make a difference. The problem is good intentions without action is just wishful thinking. Good intentions without action has no value. Good intentions without action does not require faith. Good intentions without action does not require courage. Therefore, it does not need the hand of God. And I do not want to do anything in my life that does not require the hand of God. Good intentions without change is a deceptive pathway that keeps you living on the hamster wheel of life. 
Hear that again. Good intentions without change is a deceptive pathway. It's like my husband, I'm gonna throw him under the bus, but he's really amazing. He would come home, he doesn't do this anymore because I made sure he didn't do it anymore. The guy did this to me like, like no joke. We've been married for 17 years, like 10 times. I'm like, babe, I like your good intentions and all. Enough is enough. Either buy me the flowers or don't even tell me. Because <laughs> I think in his head, he's like, oh, so great. I, I was going to get her flowers. I should tell her I had good intentions. Don't tell me that. There's no value in good intentions. Where are the flowers in the vase? All right, boy. Babe, if you're watching online, I love you, I honor you, I esteem you, you're incredible. Good intentions without change <laughs> requires no courage. I wanna come alongside of you to say, woman, it's time to turn the page somewhere in your life. If you have your phone, if you have a notebook, write that down, what is it? What do you need to turn the page on? What's the new chapter you have to start and refuse to keep living in the past? Do not sell yourself short. I was talking to a young lady, I don't remember how long ago now, a month, a year, six months ago, and I had never said this before. I don't use this phrase. And the person was telling me, you know, what she was gonna do to try to do this other thing. And, and I was like, no, 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 don't sell yourself short. Just stretch, you have capacity. Stretch, you can do it, you have two hands. Stretch, see yourself as more. See yourself that you have capacity, you have strength, you have courage, you have God. In your own strength, maybe not, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, you are able to. Have courage, do it afraid, but have courage. Don't allow fear to cripple your family for years and years. Turn the page on small thinking and move into God's assignment for your life. If you're 18 and younger, I want you to stand up for me. If you're 18 and younger, I thought you were Rachel. I'm like, Rachel, sit down. <laughs> 18 and younger. 18 and younger. Okay, over there. All right. Honor your mother and father so it will go well for you. Don't take for granted this time in your life. Pray now at this age, at your age, about 15, 14, I started seeking God and saying, God, I see my friends in school and I see the way they're going. And if you're real, then you need to show up because I need to encounter you because I need to see the real and the raw. I wanna tell you now, don't despise these days, this youth. You, you can have encounters with God at this point in your life that will shape you for the rest of your life. Don't despise, they can sit. I'll say one more thing to you. Don't flirt with the ways of the world. It will suck you in and leave you broken and beaten. If you're 18 to 30, stand up. 18 to 30, stand up. Strike right, girls, yeah. 18 to 30. 18 to 30. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Don't sell yourself short. There is so much inside of you. You just have to open wide and say, God, I surrender your kingdom come, your will be done. Prepare, prepare, prepare. There is so much ahead for you. Do not let the enemy take the joy of your youth. Do not let him take the energy. Do not let him suck the air out of your, out of your lungs. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Because whether it's in corporate America, whether if it's teaching, whether it's in ministry, wherever you are, God can use you as a mighty woman of God to just do something incredible for the kingdom prepare 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 don't make excuses don't sell yourself short there is greater capacity in you to run hard after the things of God run not now like later but you could sit if you're between the ages of 30 and 50 stand for me come on where my girls at That's right, the Cougars. <laughs> Just joking, totally joking. 
don't grow weary. Life has a way of beating us up sometimes. Don't grow weary. Keep pressing on. Don't get comfortable watching others run the race. Don't think now it's time for your daughters and your sons to run and you're going to sit back and watch and cheer them on. You can do both. You can run your race and watch them run their race. You have more in you. There is 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 more in you. Teresa, there's more in you. 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 There is it's more in you. Don't forget to turn the page. If you are 50 and older, stand for me. Come on! 50 and older, yes! Woo! There is no way. No way. Guys, you're all, no way. Are you gonna tell me you're like, healthcare regime later. Look how beautiful you all are. What the heck? Vision was not just for when you were a young adult or in college. Vision is still now for you. I know people in their 60s who went back to school. I'm not saying you have to do that. I know people who are in their 70s who are doing my dad's Bible seminary. It, it's not too late for you to still untap the purpose of God for your life. It's not just for the 18-year-olds, the 25-year-olds. It's for the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the hundreds. There is more. There is more. There are still bold prayers inside of you. There is still much ground to take. There are still pages that need to turn. And if you haven't had someone tell you recently that they believe in you, I want to let you know, I believe in you. I want to let you know the Holy Ghost, the Prince of Peace, your Father, the Abba, He believes in you, He calls you, He appoints you, and He empowers you. You can sit. That was cool. Pastor Miriam, what's on the other side of that page? So weird. I'm like, you're kind of distracting me, but it's okay. I understand. Hello, online. <laughs> What's on the other side of that page? I don't know. I wish I could tell you. I can't promise you everything will be rosy. I can't promise you that it won't be hard. It probably will. Turning a page, blank canvas, wilderness, leaving one land, entering the promised land. There's going to be battles. It's gonna be hard. It's like waking up at 6 a.m. Beep, beep. Time to go get your workout on. I don't want to. No, Anna, leave me alone. <sighs> I can promise you there will be stretching. I can promise you it will require courage. I can promise you it will require each other. I can promise it will require prayer. But I can also promise you his provision too. He will provide. His vision, He'll make the provision. But it's time to turn the page. It's time to seek God and ask Him to lead you. It's time to grow again and stretch again. It's time to forgive again. It's time to believe again. Don't leave tonight with just good intentions. One of the things that aggravates me the most about preaching is that I feel like, man, I'll work all week or I'll work two weeks or I'll pray or whatever. And I'm like, are they even gonna remember what I talked about after they leave? And I'm just being real. I mean, my poor husband preaches like 45 weeks out of the year and he's like, I really pray that something's etched in people's hearts. I, I know you can leave a service and you can forget sometimes what the message is about, but what are we gonna do when it comes to the fact that we need to hold on to a word? We need to hold on to a word. And so if you forgot everything I said tonight, that's fine, but don't forget it's time to turn the page. Yeah. Write that down if there's anything. If you're not a person that takes notes in church, that's fine, but at least like take a picture of that or something. It's time to turn the page. I'm gonna make a change, Pastor Mir. I'm gonna go to Bible college, join a dream team, a transform group, plant myself in the house of God. Yes, I'm gonna plow the whole field, not just little block and, I don't know what your intentions are tonight, but 
can you please take it from intention to action? Is there a leader asking you to take more ground? Is there a transform group you need to help lead so more women are being discipled? Is there a young girl who needs you to bring her under your wing so she knows that she's loved and that she's called and that there is something for her? Is there a person you need to let go of by forgiving and releasing? Is there an offendable spirit that just keeps repeating itself over and over again? Is there an area you need to dream big for God? Is there a leader you need to forgive, let go in the sense, maybe you've been holding on resentment and bitterness from a previous church or whatever. Let go tonight, grieve, mourn, take the time to heal, but turn the page. Turn the page. There's more in you. There's more in you, turn the page. Maybe the turning of the page for you is finally letting go of the things of this world and fully immersing yourself in Christ. You are your lid. Sorry to break it to you. Some of you may blame others for where you are, but today would you turn the page and take ownership? Your spirit is your responsibility. Tonight you have an opportunity to say, Lord, I'm ready for you to turn the page on this chapter in my life. I'm ready to move forward, to advance, to let go of the familiar and the comfortable so I can soar on wings like eagles. Why don't you stand to your feet? Philippians chapter three, verses 12 through 14 says like this. This is Paul speaking to the church in Philippi. He says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. What page do you need to turn? I literally in this moment want you to think through, bow your head, ask the Holy. Maybe you're like, I mean, I keep changing every day. You know, there's some people who like love to change and that's great. Maybe you're doing great on that, but maybe you have to ask the Holy Spirit if there's an area that you haven't changed, that he's been nudging you to change. And all across this room, it could be as simple as, man, there's more in me. Maybe I can start a mother's group on a Tuesday night or a Tuesday morning or a Wednesday morning, or maybe I can do this, or maybe it's this, or I don't know what it is for you, but there's something for each of us. There's a page to turn for each of us. I'm gonna give you a few moments. And what I want you to do tonight, maybe when you get in your car, maybe even now you can sit and do this, write it down, write it down and then tell somebody, let someone hold you accountable, write it down, tell somebody, let them hold you accountable. Before we close tonight, cause we're done, I always love to invite people into a relationship with Jesus. It's not getting into a relationship with a religion. It is getting in relationship with a savior who died for us. See, Jesus loves us so much. He gave his life for us, not so that we would feel shame and condemned, but so that we would feel free and victorious and loved and precious. So all across this room, with every head bowed and every eye closed, there's anybody in here who maybe you know about Jesus, maybe you grew up hearing about him, maybe you went to a church your whole life, but you've never really asked him to become Lord of your life. Maybe he, maybe you appreciate the fact that he's savior of the world, but he's not your personal savior. He's not your personal Lord. He wants every part of your life. He wants to bless it. He wants to purify it. 
So if that's you in here, if you're saying to me, hey, that's me, I wanna give my life to Christ. I want the forgiveness of sins. I want His purpose to be etched in my soul all across this room. I just want you to raise your hand so I could see it. That's all. I see that hand, I see that one, I see that one, I see those three over there. I see this one here, I see one all the way in the back. Oh, I see those two in the back, actually that one too. See that one there, I see all those in the back corner there and up here as well, and these two here. All right, this is what we're gonna do, just cause sometimes the lights blind me. We're gonna put our hands down real quick. I'm gonna count of three and you're gonna put them up real high just so I could see it. Everyone else, eyes are closed. On the count of three, you're gonna lift it up just real quick so I could see it. One, two, three, all across this room. Okay, thank you. I see those hands. Yep, that's awesome. We're gonna say a simple prayer and I'm gonna ask all of you to repeat it with me if that's okay. And it's just inviting Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, forgiveness of sins. This prayer is an invitation to His goodness, but there's another invitation. I want you to just keep coming back. Come on a Sunday, get into a group, Put yourself in a place where you'll grow in your relationship with Jesus. So all across this room, would you repeat after me? Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for the world, but for me personally. I ask you that you forgive my sins. Today, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I give you my life, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can you put your hands together?